the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for counterculture. Are you tired of how divided our world has become? We desperately need stories of peace and healing. We find the bridge builders across the globe who are stepping into the divides of culture and bringing understanding, compassion, and reconciliation. And now, here's your hosts, Jonathan Sanborn and Lisa Jernigan. And hello again. Thank you so much for tuning into Counterculture. I'm your host, Jonathan Sanborn. And, and I'm Lisa Jernigan. And Lisa I guess, Jernigan. Right? Yeah. My. My sidekick, I'm her sidekick. I'm not, we haven't figured that out yet, but somehow we're like co-sidekicks. Oh, it's a co-side, yeah. 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 If, if, if and we the, have fun. That's the thing. That's right. right? And we that's both love to ask questions, so uh-huh. we, we talk over each other a little bit. But that's okay. So, and if the cops come, I'm letting you do the talking, I'll run. Okay. Okay? Is that how this <laughs> we works? We didn't agree to that. We didn't that, agree no, to that? No, we did not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll have a lot we still have to work out on the show. Um but uh, we lo- we're excited about what, what God's doing here in this new season as we really delve deeper into peacemaking and uh, really finding the stories that need to be heard and hearing from people who maybe don't always get a voice a- in our communities and, and uh, maybe looking at things from a different perspective. And uh, I'm just, it's, it's exciting. And but in case you didn't know, we also have delicious new uh, theme music, <laughs> which I just found, which I was kinda super makes excited you about. Kind of does make yeah, you chill and move. dance. And then my a dear friend of mine, Sabina, did the voice. Oh, just just soothing. Just a, you just want to hear from what she has today. Yeah. You know, so what she has to say. So today we have in studio, we have a great honor to have the Trace Thurlby <laughs> from. The globe, the president of the Global Orphan Project here in studio. Trace, thank you for flying out for us. Glad to be with you, Jonathan and Lisa. Thank you. And so he's smiling because I, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm just throwing smack on him and just give him. I believe that you flew out just for this show. Yeah. Just for this just show. Just for this show. <laughs> who, who wouldn't? Exactly. <laughs> <That's> right. Exactly. <laughs> now, Trace and I work together. Dear friend, just a heart, big-hearted guy. And uh, he's also his whole body is a weapon of death. He's just very, he's just a I mean, and I mean that in a of a loving way. He's he, he's ready for that's the a little battles. Violent. That, no, <laughs> I think he's mistaking me for someone else. No, that's but, me. That's, oh, oh, you. oh, I'm sorry. Okay, I'm okay. my whole body is a weapon of death, that's and I'm a lethal bad. weapon. I'm actually a pacifist, so that kind of creates a problem, doesn't it? Yeah. So, oh well. <laughs> but here we are. But no, Trace is the Global Orphan Project, and so just tell us a little bit about the Global Orphan Project. What is it? Yeah, I, th- I think it's important for any organization to know what problem are you trying to solve. Yeah. And there's this great quote from Nelson Mandela. He says, the keenest revelation of a society's soul is found in how it cares for its children. We live in the, the global pandemic of fatherlessness. Mm. There is family breakdown in every community. It's not right that children should pay the highest price for the sins of a broken world. Mm-hmm. But without a champion, they will and they do. And sometimes there are cycles of poverty. There are cycles of breakdown. 
And so the Global Orphan Project is a biblical response to the mandate for followers of Jesus to care for the orphan and the widow and to love our neighbor. And our our mission is to help break the orphan cycle by embracing community, commerce, and the love of Jesus. Mm. That's fantastic. I love it. You know, I was as I was kind of researching this a little bit, it's hard to understand because you hear we have a problem and you're like, okay, but what, what are we talking about when we have when we say we have a problem? So can you share just some some facts, some statistics to kind of help our minds wrap around it a little bit more? Yeah, that's great, Lisa. I mean, I think when a lot of us were growing up and we think about the term orphaned or orphaned and vulnerable children, we think about over there. Right. We think about Africa. We think about Sally Struthers infomercials. Yes. We're kind of dating yep. ourselves here, mm-hmm. right? Bad music. Um, we think about the, the, the flies on the face of a child. And, and certainly there is a lot of, um, of pain and suffering around the world. But the reality is there's pain and suffering in every community right here in America. Mm-hmm. So nationally in the United States, the wealthiest country in the world, there are four million hotlines a year. That means someone, a first responder, a school counselor, a nurse, a policeman, someone picks up the phone and calls Child Protective Services, the social workers working for the government, and say, I'm concerned about the health and well-being of a child, of a local child. That happens four million times a year. As a result, 400,000 children are living in the foster care system. At any given year, the unique number of children removed from their family is north of 600,000. But some of them go in and out. 100,000 of them do not. They are generally older, sometimes sibling groups, sometimes behavior problems. Their parents' rights have literally been terminated by the courts. They are legally without parents. They are U.S. orphans. And like I said, that's in every community. For listeners in Arizona, there are between thirteen and 14,000 children right here in Arizona in foster care. In Maricopa County, where we're recording this, there are more than 6,000 children in foster care. And these are children that we will not see day to day unless we look. Mm-hmm. Well, when you gave the number, I think it was like uh, 4 million. Those are calls. I mean, how many more have not been reported? Yeah, right? That's a great point. In fact, a great example is when, when, the, when COVID shut down, basically our economy, our school system, put immense pressure on the family, right? We knew families were worse off. But the calls actually went down because schools are a great source of frontline care for children, right? right? So to your point, this is just what we know. Right. And, and we, we, but we also know that the problem is, is much bigger than this, and it requires both some big thinking and some real local solutions. You know, and this is, this is a community issue. This is not because what, what affects one affects us all. And um, so you, and it's easy to go, well, that's them, it's over there, or it's just another family, or it's what, you know, I have my life, I'm busy, but not really, we're really interconnected in our humanness, but also as create image bearers of God, God has created us in community. And we forget that. And so what's one problem over here really should be our problem too, like well, we, seeing it that way. Absolutely. And we all know that God loves children. Mm-hmm. The heart of Jesus for his children is so evident in Scripture. And so um, caring for children is an amazing 
way for us to unite, right? To unite across denominational lines, geographic lines, racial lines, socioeconomic lines. And it also just makes a lot of sense, right? Because children grow up and a healthy child grows up into a healthy adult that can give back. You know, you can't give what you didn't have. And when a child, like we said, is suffering the consequences of family breakdown and systemic inequality, they grow up. There is a direct correlation between children in foster care and children in the prison system, children in foster care and homelessness and trafficking and, 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 right? If we want to change our society, I would argue there's no better place to start than caring for a child. And if you're going to care for the child, you need to care for their parents. Well, and so much of this has been generational, like abuse or patterns that have just continued down. And so literally, if you can reach a child and change the course of that child's life, you've changed generations. It's not just that one child. Hopefully, you've stopped a cycle. And from that point on, they won't experience that. Absolutely. Uh, and, and, I'll, and I have some good news. You know, some good news is we often think, well, kids – taken from their parents. Those parents are no good. Those are just deadbeat parents, and these kids need to be rescued. That honestly is rarely the case. Of the children taken from their parents in foster care, more than 70% of them are removed for reasons of neglect, not reasons of abuse. That if we can reach upstream, right? So, So what's happening historically is that we're waiting for the family to blow up. And then for the child to float down the river, and then we pick that child out of the river and and try to care for them. Listen, I'm an adoptive father. I love foster care ministry. I think some of the most courageous people in the country are foster parents. But we know if there is a bomb in the building next door, if we're going to uh, solve this problem that's presenting, we don't wait for the bomb to blow up and then go rebuild the building, right? So the the solution that only has one tool in the bag is always going to be insufficient. The old system is too few people, about two to three percent of people in America will foster or adopt, are doing a lot very late in the game. Well, what happens if we can change that or augment that, keep doing that, but have everybody do something much earlier in the game, reach up? I'll tell a quick story. I was presenting about two weeks ago with a lady that was uh, involved in sex trafficking ministry. She led a sex trafficking ministry. And she asked one of the women, grown woman, that she had uh, ministered to, she said, was there a time that you knew your family was in trouble? And she said, I know exactly the time. She said, I was 16 years old. My brother was 15. My mother had a uh, was a, was a single single parent working to make ends meet. There wasn't a lot of extra money. And she got in a car accident. She didn't have the $600 to fix her car. So she took a second job. And when she took that second job, she wasn't home. Her leadership in our home left. There was an uncovering and my life began to spiral downward from there. So the idea really is if we can reach up and find that family that's at risk and come alongside before the building blows up, 
then kids and families can more often stay together than we realize. And everybody wins in that scenario, not just the family, but to your point, we all win because that's the best place for a child to be. That is such a good point. It's it's holistically caring for the family unit and anticipating and preemptively responding, right, in some ways. So it doesn't get to that crisis point. Yeah, I really think if if we went to our our listeners right now and we could all get in a room and we said, hey, if you're ready to receive a child tonight, a foster kid tonight, raise your hand. Right. There's going to be a lot of us looking at the floor and not a lot of hands in the air. No We're, eye contact. Not, no not, eye contact. Not, not a lot of eye contact. <laughs> yeah, that's right. right? They're, they're glad this is a radio program. But, <laughs> but, 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 if, <laughs> but if we had changed the question and said, if you could receive an email about a child or family that's at risk in your community, didn't have to do anything with it. You just are you willing to receive an email? There would be a lot of hands that go up because we really there's a part of us we want to do something. We just don't know exactly what to do, when and how. And that's really a part of what the Global Orphan Project, we're trying to make this easy for more people to invest in the right way in families. I really like that. I, I think the analogy I often think about is like is really I've been a lot about military and, you know, it's not just a soldier who goes in to fight, there's a massive support network of logistics and training and uh, all kinds of things that go into every sol- behind every soldier, equipment and all this. And the idea that it's only about just that one family who's will- opening up their home, when, which is we need that and more, but it's also about, hey, we're going to back you up and we're going to help the whole the whole scenario so it's a better place for fam- for children for families to be healthy that they get the support they need that mom doesn't have to leave her kids to get a second job because it's unrealistic to think she could work 80 hours a week and care for her children we could say well let's what if we stop that early on i think that would make a huge difference yeah so if i'm in the listening audience right now i would say well well how tell me how exactly right and um God gave the Global Orphan Project an idea seven years ago called Care Portal. Five years ago, we all called taxis. Five years ago, we all stayed in hotels, right? But now, most of us probably have Uber or Lyft on our phone. We have, um, you know, Airbnb or VRBO, you know, experiences under our belt. We understand this idea of care sharing platforms. And God gave the Global Orphan Project Care Portal careportal.org. You can go there right now. And it is just like an Uber for child welfare. Social workers enter the needs of local children and families that are at risk. And the system shares it in real time, vetted needs with local churches who have said, I want to receive an email. And then that church shares it with their congregants. And seven times out of 10, Someone raises their hand and they say, well, I've got that bunk bed. I have a baby crib in storage. I just got a tax return. I'm happy to pitch in on that utility bill. In the last seven years, 130,000 children have been cared for by 3,000 local churches. And I'll tell you, that's just 1% of the churches in this country. When 10% of the churches in America will invest in local children and families, the foster care crisis will reverse mm. and the church will be at the center of care. Mm-hmm. There actually is enough enough homes 
enough families, enough empty bedrooms in America right now, and even within, the, even among God's people, to ta- to handle this, isn't there? Yes, a- absolutely, right. And I mean, it's it's about distribution. It's about making that connection, right, between somebody that wants to care and someone that needs that care. There's no lack of resources. God has has blessed us. We just have to use innovation, collaboration, partnership, things that that he also invented, right, to to do his work in the world. And 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 I truly believe the church can do it. The church is going to do it because that is the will of God. He is raising up his church to care for his children, and in the process, he's purifying and unifying his church. And we get to be a part of it. It's a really amazing uh, adventure to, to, to get on, and, and we want to invite people in. We want to invite them in today. Oh, I think that's exciting. And, uh, and it is about collaboration and allowing the church to be the church to step into its true identity, right, as mm-hmm. being mm-hmm. part of the solution and, and welcoming, like you said, that on the heart of Jesus was children. And how do we see the children and respond? And you created this awareness with all these, you know, stats and all this, and then the action. Because that's what happens many times. We're like, okay, you got me aware. You got me a little disrupted inside going, uh-huh. and now what do I do? And so I love these tangible ways. So if I'm sitting, I'm a listener, um, and maybe I'm connected to a church and maybe I'm not. So how, how can I get involved and help make a difference? That's great. That's a great question, Lisa. If you're connected to a church – you can you can talk to your church leadership about signing up to receive needs in your local community. It doesn't cost anything. If you're not connected to a church, that's okay. Like you said, there is a role for everyone to play. Mm-hmm. You can go to careportal.org and you can sign up to receive needs as an individual. I live in Johnson County, Kansas. It's kind of an affluent suburb. But my family, we receive needs from Jackson County, Missouri, which is the urban core, which is where a majority of the children that are in the foster care system are are taken from their families. Fifty percent of the children in foster care live in five percent of the counties in, in the country. When I sign up to receive needs, Care Portal, let me give it just a quick example a school counselor sees that a second grader is is flagging, dirty, sleeping in class, normally a good student. She picks up the phone and calls the mom. And the mom says, because she's a first responder, she has to do that. Mm-hmm. The mom says, I, I lost my job and um, our water bill got turned off and that's why you know Tommy is, is dirty. Well, in the traditional sense, if she doesn't have any other way to help, she needs to report that mother to Child Protective Services. But she can take that case of maybe a $200 water bill mm-hmm. as a school counselor and enter it into Care Portal, which shares it with churches. The churches are given a need to meet it first. So people who belong to a church, you get the first shot. Mm-hmm. But if a church doesn't meet the need, and not 100% of the needs get met, about 70% do, it gets then escalated to people in the community, right? And these can be people of all faiths or no faith. These can be businesses. These can be foundations. These can be families. It doesn't have to be a church. And that person says, again, I can help pay that water bill. And this is all clicking buttons, just like you're calling for a cab, right, for, Mm -hmm. for Uber. When that person says, I can help, 
then a local church is notified to say you have a, a need in your community that's close to you because it's done by geography and you have a partner that's willing to fund, will you go and serve the family? The money would then go electronically to the church. The church serves the family. So money never goes directly to the family, which is sometimes one of the concerns that people raise. But the idea is we're making these care connections that are vetted, real-time, and scalable. They always have a social worker that's serving as, as the caseworker, and they always have a local church because it's not just about the water bill mm-hmm. for a mom. Mm-hmm. It's about knowing that somebody in her community cares, mm-hmm. and she might need a little more community than just that one time. And that need is that initial introduction, which sometimes turns into a relationship. And like you said, game changer. Totally game changer. Yeah, not only for that family, but for the family and the people that are involved in giving. Because inside each one of us, I really believe we want to know that we're doing something that matters, that makes a difference. A lot of times we just don't know how or or what to do. And there's so many options out there. Right, right. But which one is really going to where it's supposed to go? Right. And that's what I appreciate about this. You've made it where – and this is not a sales pitch because I just want to you know this is very personal to me. I have two uh, – my husband and I have two grandchildren that are foster adopted. So we've been in this journey with our kids. And so this is nearer to my heart too and I believe in it. And so everything you're saying, I just go, yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. We've got to do this. And so I think it's just a beautiful way to give people an opportunity to – to love, to give, mm-hmm. to know that they're making a difference in somebody's life. Yeah, and and what we would say is um, you don't have to use Care Portal. Right. But, but to your point, don't miss out right. Right, on the opportunity to invest in a kid. Maybe you do it through Big Brothers, Big Sisters. Maybe you do it through coaching or maybe you do it through just being um, – you know, a, a auntie or uncle to a child on your street who is is underparented. Um, but like you said, Lisa, true blessings always go both ways, mm-hmm. right? Blessings never flow one direction; they always flow both ways, and that's kind of the surprise ending. You know, as, as a as a church, we're watching like dwindling population, right? We're watching children walk away from the faith. Um, a lot of people in church are bored. I think that God is on the move, right, to turn the, far, the hearts of the fathers to children and children to the fathers. And, and in that, he's going to give us a bigger view of family. He's going to give us um, – he's, he's going to cleanse us of individualism and boredom. And we're going to look in, just like you're saying, with your grandkids, this is one of the best things I ever did. Mm-hmm. Has it been a little bit messy? Yeah. yeah. Would I trade it for anything? No, not a chance. And I can tell you, getting involved in the lives of a, a, of a mess is not boring. That's right. <laughs> and, and, Matt, and if that was what your whole church experience was, Matt, if that was so integral in the sense that what if helping children was just as important as worship? We often think of like worship is essential, and then if I have time, I can help really help kids. But what if that was our loudest song, or in a sense, the, the thing they hear, people hear the most and know is that we're actually caring and stepping into the mess of, of children's lives and families' lives and being Christ in those situations. Yeah, I think Jesus's life was really messy, to, yeah. to your point, Jonathan. And I was reading something this week that really blessed me. You know, in that day, someone who was a leper, you know, they were unclean. And if they got near the clean people, the prevailing theology was they would make 
the clean people unclean. So the clean people were staying away from them, right? But that's not what Jesus did, right? Jesus went in and he wasn't afraid. He's like, you're not going to make me unclean. I'm, I'm going to make you clean. We're going to be clean together. And I think from the church, we can look at that example and say, yeah, we know that these children, when we welcome them into our lives, they are normal wreckers, right? It's going to get messy, <laughs> you know, yeah. but at the end of the day, we are all going to, to, have a pretty rich blessing that, that uh, I think makes Jesus happy and, and ultimately will make us uh, more like him. Mm. Well, and it, we're, we're part of joining God and creating a better future, right? Amen. To leave our children and our children's children. And I always, you know, a lot of this work we do with peacemaking, and I know we've had this conversation. I look at, I do it for my grandkids a lot of it, because I want them to know that I stepped into messy places, hard places, but also beautiful places to try to make a difference. And I think sometimes we stop at the messy and the hard and we don't see it through to go, it's beautiful though Mm -hmm. and rich and, you know, all of that that comes with the package. Uh, There's an analogy. It's like when you go into a fancy cathedral, it draws your eyes up. But I also think just as divine, I think, is as when we can look down Mm -hmm. and we can see – we go into where the, the harder areas and the things that maybe aren't so beautiful because that's God is going to be glorified even more even more in that, not just in the fantasy things. I love, and believe me, I love a good cathedral like anybody, but especially <laughs> when we step into the mess and we step into the lives of those who, that, that the world has rejected and we choose to be and follow the way of Jesus. And so, Trace, this has been a great conversation. Appreciate you taking, taking the time out of your busy schedule to be with us today. Honored to be with you all. Thanks for having me. So good. And just telling us to, to really be aware and to look around us and see who we can really make a difference in and what has God given us that we can give away. God's sending these kids to the church to say, will you be my family? How we answer it is a defining issue of the church for our generation. And there's our question. Will you be my family? Mm. Good question. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening today. Counterculture is made possible by Amplified Peace. Educating, immersing, training, and launching peacemakers to build united communities. And by Care Portal, a platform connecting the needs of children and families in crisis to the local church. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.